Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Hey, what do you say? Hey, man, what's going on? All right, Chris. All right, hey, man. <laughs> yeah. All right, we'll just jump right into this. So, um, the other day, which is crazy, after being uh, in the wrestling business for thirty-three years, I had never met Avon Eric ever. Oh, really? And the other day in Dallas, yeah, never. I mean, not, never once. So, Kevin thinks that we did something on, on WWE once. <laughs> I can't remember that. No, I, I, I know I talked to you on the phone one time back uh, back in the days with uh, Jerry Jarrett and the uh, USWA and the name change in world class. Didn't you kind of work with Jarrett? Or? No, I never did. The, the only thing that was close is one time when the Global Wrestling Federation started. If you remember that back down in Dallas, like in yeah. 1991 or something. I had a conversation yeah, with, right after with Bill Eady to do something there. But oh, Bill Eady. Yeah, it never worked out. But it was great to finally get a chance to meet Kevin and, and Marshall and Ross Von Erich in Dallas uh, last week. The return of the Von Erichs to Dallas. And, and before, there's so much to talk about. But just for the boys here, how was it for you guys to, to be in AEW with your dad beside you coming out to Stranglehold in Dallas? I mean... That was pretty historical, man. Dude, the coming out of Stranglehold was extremely important, and we didn't really run that by anybody. We were just hoping for yeah, the we didn't best. Until the music started playing, we're like, oh, I hope they play Stranglehold. Yeah, we were really? saying, yeah. like, yeah, what if? And then, and then when they did, though, it definitely got a pop out of us. But yeah, it, it was unbelievable. Really, what we, you know, everything we could have imagined, having dad there with us, being all together, it was really was a genuine, like, uh, beautiful moment amongst all three of us. Oh, man, I liked it, too. I'm telling you, the, the energy was so high. I, I had a great time. And how was it for you kind of, you know, as a second-generation wrestler, now you're seeing your boys as third-generation wrestlers kind of coming up to the ring with them? I'm sure that's very special for you to be able to do that. Yeah, shoot, man. I, I Really, Chris, it, at first it was way worse. That Even now, when I watch them, I kind of get choked up sometimes. You know, I just... <laughs> It's so much, and it's like it's not something I had planned. <laughs> well, if it, you know, before I put the paper bag on my head, <laughs> is is this something Ross and Marshall that you guys always wanted to do? With you know, obviously the lineage of, of being Von Erickson. Did you kind of grow up wanting to be in the business, or did something that kind of found you after a while? Initially, like we were all athletes, and. Um, like when you're young, you kind of want to do, I guess, the opposite of what your your dad does. That's just a natural proclivity, <laughs> I guess. But um, but I, I we knew in the back of our mind, like one, like we're gonna end up in wrestling, and uh, we didn't really know how we'd get there, but we always knew we had some big destiny in wrestling. And man, it was just the, the other night was just so cool to be all three of us, you know, have that reception in there. It was, uh, it was amazing, man. It sure was. And another thing is, it's, it's just hilarious. The Von Eric genetics 
have def- definitely crossed over to you guys. Ripped uh, abs, shoulders, and Marshall even wrestled <laughs> barefoot like like your like your dad did. I mean that that's something that you just have to be born with. So uh, curse you, Von Eriks. <laughs> <laughs> no, really, my dad gives the worst uh, workout advice because because he has good genetics. You know, this guy, he's eating Twinkies and Mountain Dews. And um, he's like, you know, I, you know, I just do some sit-ups in the hotel room. So I'm upset on push-ups. And, and so I was like, man, Dad, you can't just tell everybody that because it's not going to work out the same way. Yeah, terrible diet advice. Too. Yeah. But my, my brother does have me working out hard. If it wasn't for him, I probably would be – I wouldn't look that great for sure. <laughs> Kevin, was it always like that for, for you and, and your brothers growing up? Did you always have those great genetics? You know, that Fritz, he was uh, – a. He was a racehorse, mm. you know, for sure. But I don't know. His father wasn't an athlete at all. A little, really small guy, you know, and my grandmother was really small. You wouldn't believe it. My dad was 15 pounds when he was born. Oh, my gosh. It doesn't make yeah. any sense. My, my great-grandmother was tiny. My baba was tiny. He was like, uh, I think he's like five, six or something. And then they just gave, they just had this giant kid that had great genetics. And so, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> This still didn't make any sense, but we're all big babies. He was an 11-pound baby. I was a 10-pound baby. But Fritz was 15 pounds. That's like a Andre the Giant level. I know. Yeah, he set a yeah. record in Jewett, Texas. <laughs> yeah, he was an only child. <laughs> I'm sure. I would. <laughs> yeah. Kevin, was it the same for you then when you guys were growing up? Did you all want to be in the wrestling business because your dad was obviously a promoter and so so much notoriety in the Dallas area? Well, I guess maybe in the back of my mind it, it may have been, but I was thinking like uh, I wanted to be an, a marine biologist. You know, it's just, I was just thinking that was for me the artificial reef, and and that seemed like the future. You know, but the way it worked, you know, I I had that one match. You know, and I, I of course I knew how to wrestle. I'd been trained, you know, by the best. I, I can't when I start to think one guy, I leave two or three out, and so I, just so many good men helped me and and trained me and doing but i never really thought about it i i didn't know have an, I, any idea at all what i was gonna do with my future it's it's almost the same story as, as with the Hart brothers that you never really just said like hey i'm gonna be a wrestler you just were one by proxy you have this match and then you have another match and then you have another match and then you're in the wrestling business yeah you're getting a check <laughs> that, that's kind of how it felt for us where we were just you know we're raised in locker rooms fo- uh, just following dad around playing in uh, you're going outside the buildings, just playing whatever venue we're at, whether it be a, a gym or arena, whatever. But it was kind of all we knew, and it was always in the back of our head. And maybe because my dad, watching him, uh, you know, sign autographs and be extroverted, it made us, as we were younger, more introverted. And just thinking dad was Hercules, you know. Mm. And when uh, we got the opportunity to go up to Harley Race's school, that's when we really started thinking about it. We went up there, and then we got sent to Japan for three months. And then once we were in Japan, it really started, like, hitting us. It started hitting us. Like, maybe this could be something we did. But it, it was definitely – it was it was testing. It was definitely testing on, on both of us, but it made us closer as brothers. And, you know, it's we, we were all we had down there. And we came. We went for three months, came home for a few weeks, and then back for three months. And I was 19, homesick, all that. But I had my brother, and so we had this, this understanding that – I'm not quitting on you. You're not quitting on me. So let's let's finish this. Let's let's finish it. And there's a couple confirmations that have that happened in the process of it. That I, I'm pretty sure I told Dad the story. But yeah, we we were on a we were in a building in Japan, and um, my brother and I we like to get away from everybody, like go on the roof or just get, just get away, say a prayer, just be alone. And 
you know, just talking. Um, we were on this rooftop. And at the time, we were in Japan. We're doing the um, – we just finished the young boy thing. And so we're just like wrestlers, became wrestlers. And I think we're like 0 and 30 or something like that. Mm-hmm. And we were talking to each other and like – you know, we've always been good athletes, and I know that uh, when you do something new, you're not always great at it, but we, we, it was obvious that we were really green, and we, we were thinking, like, man, I don't want to dishonor the the family by going out there and looking like I'm not having fun and looking like I'm, I'm not good at it because I, I don't know what a good and a bad match is. I'll get in the back, and I'll be like, just look at everyone's faces. Was it good? Was it bad mm-hmm. in Japan? He's like, uh, hey, bullshit. You and Ross were on that rooftop in, in Japan. You told me a story a while back where – Dave and I used to do that, and Carrie and I did too. We just would go off on our own, look around. And- That's the story. That, that that was the story. So Ross and I were on that rooftop, and we carved our initials on this brick wall. Uh, Ross Marshall, 2012, and then do a uh, little little picture of like a shark with jagged teeth. We said a little prayer, like, "Lord, is this what we're supposed to do? If if um, can we just have some confirmation? Because I just don't want to. And I'm, I felt that time. I'm wasting time. I don't know if this is what I'm supposed to be doing. And, and so we went and had our match, got our butts kicked, and came back up to the rooftop just being alone, talking. We had about 70 more days left in Japan. And while we were talking, we're on the other side of the brick wall. And it gives me goosebumps telling it, but we, we looked on the brick wall, and there was a super faded scratch mark, real real faded and scratched. And um, we looked at it like a few times, but then we like we got closer to it, and it said Kev Dave, 1980-something. Wow. And it rocked us because they were exactly our age at that time. And I, when we came home, I, we didn't have Wi-Fi or anything thinking, you know, in Japan, I couldn't talk to my dad until I got home. And so we got home and, and I was like freaking out. I was like, told him what happened. And, and that was the confirmation that my brother and I took that, okay, this is the door that's open right now that will continue, continue down this, this journey until, you know, until another door opens or until God says otherwise, but this is what, this is where we're at right now. And, you know, we're loving every bit of it, loving, you know, reconnecting with dad with stories and everything. It's, it's, it's made our relationship a lot different and close. It's a great story. Is there pressure on you guys? And obviously the, the, there is, but starting out in the wrestling business with the Von Eric name, is there prejudice towards you? Does it, does it help you? Does it hinder you? to have that last name than one of the most famous in wrestling history? You know, the, like the politically correct way to say this would be, Oh, you know, you just do your best and whatever, but it's a huge burden to bear. It's like, uh, like the pressure we put on ourselves just to live up to the, the name is like, uh, it's it really is unbelievable. And so we, we really put so much pressure on ourselves just to, uh, yeah, yeah. It, it's in the beginning, in the beginning, the beginning of our careers, um, I don't think it registered what how how big the the family name was. When we went to Japan. We saw the mark that our uncles and grandfather made, and then um, then then when we came to Dallas uh, or Texas area, it, it it changed dramatically. It was like the the fans, the fans that have personal stories, personal stories, and like the other day we were just doing a radio show, and the the guy told me that. My uncle carries, I met your uncle carries three times. Every single time I met him, he told me about Jesus. And I never would have known that or thought that. And um, I knew my uncle carry is really ha- happy heart, you know, easy, uh, easy going, but I can, I know, I know we're Von Eric's cause we, we're, you know, we're, we're critical on ourselves we're, we're, we can be hard on ourselves and thank God I have a brother that I can talk to that I can bounce things off of that. You know, we're, we know each other so well. And to know my dad had that, you know, had, had five of those and to lose it and made us have this whole new respect for my dad. And so, yeah, th- there, there is pressure, but this is the door that's, that's, that these are the cards that we are dealt. And so 
we, we feel like by, we honor it by going out there and trying as hard as we can and, and giving it everything we have and no less. Cause it's, it's a duty. It's a duty. You know, it, we feel like the torch was passed down to us and it would be, I want to leave something to my sons. You know, I got two boys and I, I want to say, you know, here's, here's the time I had on earth. And, th- and this is, this is what I did. I tried my best. That's why we, you know, that's why we left Hawaii. We knew that's a place where you retire and um, we, we, we still have the, the ranch out there and everything, but Ross and I, you know, we're stationed here in Texas until, and, and you know, and if we're going to see what we, what we can do in these next 10 to 15 years, and we're going to, you know, just go all out at it. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Kevin, let me ask you the same question. Was there a lot of pressure for you being Fritz Von Erich's son and, and having to, to have the Von Erich last name in, in the pro wrestling business? Well, yeah, Chris, the, I, I know exactly what they're talking about. It's like, Chris, with this movie coming out, there's, I'd like the people to know that it's a movie. You know, it's made for entertainment. It's not quite historical, but I, I'll tell you, my dad was a great man. I loved him so much. He was an honorable, good man. What he said his word was his bond. If you shook his hand, that was a contract. He's an honorable, good man. And I, I want everybody to know that he's going to come off pretty rank in this movie. Mm-hmm. But it was really, there was a different thing. That, uh, and if you want to know, Chris, just, you would think that the pressure that Fritz put on us is why my brothers would commit suicide. I think, why would anybody commit suicide? I mean, that's so far beyond me. But that's, it's drugs. Mm-hmm. Drugs do that. That and the fact that Kerry had lost his foot and he wouldn't be able to come back. Mike, with that fever, he was not coming back. And it was a hopeless feeling inside to let everyone down. And you just feel like dirt. All my brothers were super loyal. And that's what it was. Shame mm-hmm. and guilt for failing. You know, it was not my dad. Well, you know, and, and now here in 2023, we, we call that you know mental health issues. And it's a legit disease when people you know commit suicide and that sort of thing and there was so much pressure on you guys not from your dad but just from being von erics i mean look how freaking huge you guys were in all of texas and then we were laughing in in israel the von erics are you know legendary you know godlike status quote unquote that's a lot of pressure for young guys because you guys were in your early 20s and legit rock stars so young in your lives that's a lot of pressure to have to deal with it's all how you look at it Mm-hmm. You know, it is a lot, but I'm sure they're the same as I, you know, I'm a, a man that's doing my best trying to be like my dad, really. But as far as some kind of big hero, I'm just like anyone else. And when people tell me, man, Kev, you must really be strong to go through all that. I have to say that I'm just like you, man. I'm just, I had, I couldn't fail because I had no choice. Mm-hmm. I have a wife and children. And that means get up and make it happen. We're men. Life is tough. That's how it is. Well, let's talk about The Iron Claws, the movie that, that's 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 out now about the family. Did you have any type of, uh, do you have to give approval to, for someone to make a movie on your family's life? Do they just do it? Like, no one's ever made a movie about me before. So tell us how that works, Kevin. Uh, I was surprised as you'd be, Chris. Uh, 
I heard about it one day. My daughter told me it was on the internet. <laughs> there was a movie coming out about me, about us. <laughs> and so I, shoot, I was kind of worried about it. But uh, I talked to Sean Durkin, the, the director and, and the producer, and the great guy. He loved Von Erichs. He'd been uh, gotten into England somewhere. He lived in England, and that's all these people are British. So they just, you know, learned about it there and uh, had to kind of guess on the rest. But I didn't talk to a soul until the movie came out, till it was till it was already being produced. So after you guys didn't get a chance to see it, all three of you, until the movie was already kind of done and locked in and no opinions given or allowed to be given? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Ross and I went out, uh, we got invited out the last, I guess, one of the last days of shooting. And um, we did a little wrestling scene at the end with uh, Zach or as my dad looking down on the ring from the office. And, uh, and yeah, we, we just did a scene where they had, it, it was really, really short, but that, that, that was about it. We didn't really, we weren't really sure what the movie was going to be about, but we got, we got extremely comforted once we got there and we saw, you know, how serious everyone was taking it. And they rebuilt the inside of the sportatorium, my grandfather's office. And it was that, that part was pretty unreal. It was crazy. And then meeting Hope McConley that played my grandfather, we got to meet him while he was in character. And he's one of those guys that I guess stays in character. And he had the gravelly voice, the, the smelled like cigarettes. It was so, <laughs> it was so weird that, um, I don't know, it was worth my cousin, Holly, my uncle Carrie's daughter. And we, when, uh, when we saw him, it was, it, she got emotional. So it made us just like, Whoa, this is, this is kind of crazy. And we got to talk to him and stuff. And he, you know, he did intense research on my grandfather. And I think he did, he did a, he did a really good job too, but it, it, once we got there, though, and we saw how how serious everyone was taking it, it, it kind of changed. You know, we're like, you know, this is out of our control. We didn't do anything to make this happen, and you know, whether we approve or disapprove, it's gonna happen. Let's let's see what let's see what it's about first. And we got a lot of messages from second, third generation wrestlers that families uh, that were a part of world class and thinking that we were that we were doing it. And you know, we, we you know we had to let them know that you know we weren't in, uh, we weren't involved, but. It's uh, it's I don't think it's crossing any line or anything. It's it is a great movie and and there's there's um there's a lot of cool things in it, cool scenes in it that definitely brought my dad way back. You know, sitting there watching it with him was was super cool. Yeah, yeah, sure was. And like you said, Chris, these guys are pros. You know, these actors, what a craft they have. They just you know study and and go all in. And uh, Zach's that way. And Jeremy, Allen, and Harris, and Stanley. All devoted professionals, and and Sean too. Sean's a great, great, really sharp guy with a knack for making movies, and and so I was kind of looking forward to see what he'd come up with. I, I you know, like I said, it, it happened what, forty years ago. It's gone probably in the public domain now, you know. <laughs> so I just had to take it. It's funny when when someone would say like, oh, "Okay, if, if if someone would make a movie about you, who would you choose?" And like, you know, Brad Pitt or whatever. You actually got <laughs> Zac Efron. Like, that's a good looking dude, that's man. <laughs> that's yeah. pretty good. That's exactly. What we're yeah, saying. I know it. <laughs> yeah, I look pretty bad sickness too. <laughs> <laughs> what What were some of the scenes in the movie, uh, Kevin? That 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 stood out for you? The things that you really remember? Like we said, that it's, it's a movie. It's entertainment. But there's probably there's some pretty big moments in the Von Erich family that stand out in this film there's this one scene where in heaven and to uh, hmm. see oh, my man. brothers my brothers pick up jackie my older brother that was electrocuted in 1959 that was just that really got me it was the only part of the movie where we had to 
we almost like, yeah, yeah, we, we it, it was emotional. It was emotional the way it was, uh, it played out and it was, um, it, it was a great, it was a, it was a great scene right off my uncle Carrie's death. Yeah. And, um, yeah. And yeah, it, was, it was, it was an awesome moment. I mean, it was my, right after my uncle Carrie uh, passed away, my dad was, um, in the movie, my dad was holding, holding his body and he was, and when he closed his eyes, he would, um, he would see their childhood and, and, you know, see all the, the days they had together. Cause my uncle Carrie was the last one, you know? Mm-hmm. And so my dad was, uh, you know, just holding him and walking his body back. And as he was walking his body, his body back to the house, he'd close his eyes and have like, uh, like not flashbacks, but just views of heaven. And when he closed his eyes, my uncle Carrie was on a rowboat and, um, he was going to a boat dock and my uncle Dave, my uncle Mike, um, were waiting on the boat dock, waving, waving at him, telling him to come and the joy in his face, seeing his brothers. And then when he got to the boat dock, he said, where's Jackie? And a little six-year-old came out. And man, it was it, uh, it was a beautiful little kid. It, it, it rocked all of us, man. It really, that was a beautiful, beautiful moment. Let's talk about the relationship with your brothers, especially like, you know, you're talking 1981, 82, world-class wrestling, and, and it's you and it's Carrie, it's David, before David passes away. You know, Mike's in there too. Was there, is there some rivalry between, between the brothers? Like, or did you guys each know which each of you did best? Like kind of talk about that relationship because all three of you were so great at such an early age in different ways. In the movie, there's sure a rivalry. <laughs> but, and, but I don't think that was the case, really. We were all just as proud of each other as we could be. You know, it was, uh, that wouldn't be us at all. We mm-hmm. didn't have any rivalry. You know, we really wanted the other to do well. Dave went out to Florida, you know, and worked heel and did really well out there. Yeah, My dad did tell us when we were, um, when we were younger, though, my uncle Kerry, uh, he did have the little brother syndrome a little bit. If if uh, if my dad maxed out at four hundred five, he'd want to he'd want to get four twenty five or whatever. He would. It, so he there was a little of that. My uncle Kerry was uh, a little more, I guess, more competitive. Healthy competition. Yeah, healthy competition. Yeah, that's true. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Let's talk about David for a bit, uh, Kevin. I was a big fan of going back and watching David uh, in Japan and seemed to be a real natural to the business right out of the gate, maybe a little bit more than even than, than you and, and, and Kerry were. How, how good was, was David Von Erich, in your opinion? He was, Chris, he was a technician. You know, he knew every hold, every counter, reversals, pinfalls, submissions, takedowns. He was like an encyclopedia, and it would come to him right when he needed it, too. He, he really did have a gift. He's like my dad, mm. and he had a really good, strong hand. And, uh, yeah, man, I'm really proud of Dave. He, he did really well. I'm proud of Kerry, too, because what a, you know, he was a hard, hard worker. It's just such a great-looking guy and such a just built like, a, like Hercules. And, I mean, if you were going to – genetically create a pro wrestler in a lab <laughs> it would come out yeah. as carrie von eric I mean, am i right i mean i yeah. can all say yeah. this as heterosexual males like, like holy <laughs> like, geez, you just see this guy and like 
man, like what, what an amazing, you know, the charisma that he had and the look that he had. I mean, that's one in a million. Yeah. He looks like a sculpture with the, the Greek curly hair. Yeah. yeah you know, 100%. The jawline. Jaw it's yeah, all of it. He really did have, he had like a, I always thought he looked kind of looked like John Travolta's face a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I right. always thought that. <laughs> oh, and coming up, all the girls loved Kerry. The teachers, the the high school girls on the bus. The, he was the cutest <laughs> little kid. <laughs> he was just always into something, too. Yeah, what a good kid he was. He really was a, uh, a beautiful person inside. You know, he, he when you'd meet someone, uh, you know, he'd, he'd have like this use self-deprecating humor to kind of break the ice, you know, and he'd always have the the fan or the kid he was talking to laughing and he was just real uh fun loving, you know, and like a like a big fun puppy. He really was. <laughs> He's good all over. Do you guys remember Ross and Marshall Carey at all? Or were you too young? I, I remember my uncle Carey. He uh I think I was about four or five when when he finally died. And um and it was the same thing. I remember watching cartoons and laying on his on his big arm and then uh mm-hmm. Like we'd go down to the spring box, me and him and my dad, and we'd catch little crawdads and um, just little stuff like that. And he was always, everything was a joke, like a continuous joke. Uh, one time, some, one of the crawdads pinched me and uh, he, he grabbed it and I was crying. And he's like, did you, uh, did you do this to him? And he made him shake his head yes. And he's like, well, now you've got to pay. And he ate the thing right in front of me. <laughs> I don't know if that's a funny story. Or At the time, I made me stop crying. <laughs> Jeez, crawdad. I know. I, know. <laughs> I don't know if the punishment fit the crime. <laughs> Do you watch uh, tapes of, of your uncles and your dad? Or, or did you when you were starting to train and learn about the business? Oh, absolutely. Your grandfather too, even? Yeah, yeah. My brother, we, we, we'd watch um, we'd watch him jump on the bed and like be wrestling each other the whole time. You know, get like uh, when there was a heat going on, it would just, we couldn't sit still. We, you know, it was just so annoying to watch him like take any heat whatsoever. <laughs> and, um, you know, and they're just, they're unique and, you know, they have their own kind of flavor and style. You know, I think as we get older, we grow to appreciate, you know, those differences more and more. Kevin, what really started to pop the territory for your dad and for you guys in, in the early 80s, going into the mid 80s? Because it was one of the hottest territories in the entire world. It was just perfect. You know, it was like a show that we, we'd we been kids, you know, and watching my dad style. It was a different style back in his day, you know. They work a hold and, and all, but uh, so w- I think it was really rewarding when we looked and saw the numbers coming in because we wanted a show that was a faster pitch and we wanted to uh, be more aggressive. We didn't have as as many long matches, just, uh, you know, 15 minutes would be tops, you know, for a a good match. And we had a a bunch of young guys hungry that wanted to uh, make it happen, you know, and they had an opportunity. And when it came to our our heels, you know, a lot of, that was up to them, you know, and so it was organic, something the guy felt inside and, and really mm-hmm. could mean it. It was so it was kind of like a day one for a, a new day in the wrestling business. It's the way we looked at it. And I'll tell you, Chris, if, if Dave hadn't died, we would still we would have changed the business. I really think we would have to to a different style, a faster pace, solid, snug style that. uh that I think down deep the people like. They love that contest, that 
that deliberate stalking and wrestling. You know, I think there's there's a uh, another side to it, but we'll see. With I could be just a dinosaur, but I I wonder sometimes. But no, but but what you're saying are you saying because David was so good at that style? Had he lived, he would have been able to spread that style more throughout because he would have been such a big star. Is that kind of what you're saying? I think so. Yeah. I yeah. think we would have that style alive. Now, World Class 2 is also very innovative. Obviously, Keith Mitchell worked with us for the first three years in AEW before he retired. But he was the first, or him and his team working with you guys to, to do packages on the matches. Ring music, I think, was something that was the first in World Class. None of these things existed until, until your company started coming into vogue. Oh, man, Keith was so creative. He did a, a whole lot of other things too. He was a, he was probably the driving force, you know. And uh, but then again, Bill Mercer did a great job, and right. there were others there. Uh, Mickey Grant was a big part of it, but not like Keith. Keith was, uh, and then Eric Gillum mm. was also a good producer for us. And there again, young guys that have an opportunity to go and just did well in the sound. We had. Close-up cameras, re, uh, slow motion, and all of that was just stuff that we love from watching the NFL and mm. and going and the collisions, the slow motion. We really wanted that in our show. And then with the uh, rock concerts, we liked the lasers and the great sound and the the building mm. kind of shaking a little. You know, it was kind of a, a crossover for us. I think it's kind of tells a lot about Fritz being kind of an older guy to be open to all of this new technology and all of these new concepts. Because if he didn't want to do it, you guys wouldn't have been able to do it, right? Yeah, right. We had to get everything permitted. But it was like uh, once he saw saw that we were onto something, then he, he came along pretty easily. But, but you're right. He was an old-timer right down the line. <laughs> <laughs> Ross and Marshall, when you guys decided you wanted to get into the business, who did you train with? Did you train with your dad, or was that not a good idea? Did you go somewhere else? Well, we we started off training with dad just grow um, just as growing up. He would he, we would be uh, he'd be teaching us holds and things like that. But he sent us mm. to the uh, he sent us to Pro Wrestling Noah in right. Japan. So and I'm which I'm glad he he did now. At the time, it was you know I was fresh out of high school and I I wanted to do other things. But when we went down there, I got this this whole new respect for professional wrestling and fell in love with Japanese pro wrestling. And we became bigger fans of you, actually, just because of your time in Japan down down there. And, you know, it's it's uh, more Fuji. Uh, more Fuji trained us a lot. Aoki-san, uh, Kobashi. Kobashi was there and he would give us tips and stuff. But, you know, to to have all those guys presence at, at whenever we needed or wanted to go through something was such a huge you know, it was such a huge uh, blessing. And then when we got home. Um, we realized, you know, like, man, we had we had all these legends at, at legends right in front of us. We, you know, we could pick their brains whenever we want. And so when we came back, it was it was m more, you know, just like student mm -hmm. learning. And it fascinated me with my grandfather. Just um, I, I would say he's my out of all my uncles and everybody. My grandfather was just the the one that I've always been just mesmerized by when when. Uh, when he passed away, my brother and my dad said, you know, we were, we were glued together. I followed him everywhere we went. We, um, our pitchers, when we were babies or when I, yeah, when we were little, we, we, but we look identical, you know, in my, it's just his, his style in the ring that he was just so confident and the end was weird as he was the, the first, the first Von Eric to do it. He was the first one. And 
you know, I, I've always, I would love to, I would love to get advice from him now and pick his brain now, you know, I'll do anything for that. But, you know, it's, I want to, I want to know like what made him, what made him come out with that much regret. He just seemed so sure of himself and, and, and confident. And he had, his resume was awesome. He, a firefighter played in the NFL, had a music scholarship. Like he did so many things. Like he, he was, he was going to make ends meet no matter what. And my grandmother was, she, she really did. You know, she, when she would tell us, she's like, yeah, he really felt like he could do anything. And he, and he acted like it, you know, and and so the the I would love just to sit down with him as an adult and you know talk to him for for a few hours and yeah just get, get to know him better as an adult. But yeah. definitely he he's who I studied the most. Do you remember uh, your grandfather Ross? I know you're a little bit older than Marshall is. Do you remember him? Yeah, yeah, he was maybe what the public knows uh, and what I know are totally different. He was always uh, I just remember his laugh, that big gurgly. <laughs> you know, everything was. Everything was a joke. He was always looking for something to laugh at. He would, he would record. He was the kind of guy that would record. Um, he was always doing work on his property and like uh, digging dams and lakes and stuff. And he would watch, you know, he would record deer just interacting with each other for like hours on end. You know, it, like we'd go, be going through old, you know, family videos and you, you know, you'd hours to get past it and he's just still there. And then you hit play and he's just laughing at some deer interaction <laughs> or something. You know, it's just. He's just a different kind of, you know, interesting guy, you know, and uh, I just, I really wish we had a little more time to, that, that, that's kind of what we're doing in wrestling. We're kind of uh, just rediscovering and getting to know our, our uncles and our family better through it. You know, this is what they did. And um, these are the kind of things they, they dealt with. And, you know, so, yeah, just it's, rediscovering. It's like, it's like a quest kind of, we feel like we've know we've got to know them better, meeting other mm -hmm. wrestlers and we had, we had an interaction with Brian Adidas, uh, at a Denton show and we were telling him a story and he's um, he starts getting choked up and he grabs my brother's face and he's like, you're just like Kevin, you move your mm -hmm. mannerisms. And then he said, he was telling me my sense of humor was like uncle Carrie. And it, it, it was cool to see that there was others, you know, there, there was, there was others had same thought process, same thing, you know, you know, wrestling in today's, uh, today's a little different and you know, we, me and my dad and my brother, we, we talk about it. Um, we talk about, about it all the time. And, you know, like we we wanted, we like the the old school type of type of wrestling. But telling dad, you know, that I was like, when when you wrestled, you know, you could hear the girls scream. And it seems like now it's just all dudes, <laughs> mostly dudes. And I was like, no, there there girls will come. There's and I was like, ah, I hadn't seen any yet. But. Now you got back then the girls found you. Now you got to go find the girls. It's changed. <laughs> yeah. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com, to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Yeah, but let's talk about, um, and I worked with him for years in WWE, Michael Hayes. Always got along with him. Of course, he's he's an old school rocker and a little bit nuts. But talk about how huge it was. One of my favorite feuds of all time, which would be the Von Erichs versus the Freebirds, and just how big that was for your dad's company. Kind of tell me a little bit what, what you remember about that. Oh, boy. Michael was perfect for the moment. He was like, uh, mm -hmm. he was an innovator, you know. He thought of a... People give us credit for the music, 
But it actually, Michael Hayes was first to do that. I worked with him out in Atlanta on WTBS, and we were, do, we were tag team partners, and he would play Freebird. He'd go to the ring, you know, and, and that just bored me. I thought, this is what we need in Texas. And Dave and Kerry completely agreed, and we were on. But it was Michael Hayes to think of all that. And uh, an innovative guy that loves the business, and anybody that loves the business that much, it shows, you know, he... Uh, he was a real asset. Well, and they just came in, too, as like kind of the mega heels out to destroy the Von Erich family. And your fans, the fans of World Class, really believed in this feud because it, it just did some pretty monster business from what I can see. Yeah, they did. He was, uh, I remember he would wear like the kind of almost like flair with the feather boa and the uh, stuff like people in Texas were just livid. You know, the way he'd behave is disrespectful. And uh, the way he talks to his elders, <laughs> that doesn't sit well with Texans. <laughs> he did everything wrong. Well, and that kind of led to the, you know, the the famous cage match with the, the cage match door slam, which every cage match ever since then has to do. <laughs> but were you guys involved in kind of those booking ideas? Was Did you have a committee with Fritz? Was it just kind of like a... How did you come up with these stories and ideas that you guys did back then? Me, Dave, Kerry... David Manning was important, and uh, and we did a lot up there. But uh, a lot of people would offer information. You know, a lot of people would chip in when we got finished and were ready to go on camera. Mm -hmm. Have to give credit to a lot. And uh, now I don't mean the TV folks necessarily, but as far as content, it was my dad, Dave Manning, me, and Dave, and uh, and Kerry a lot of the time too. But it was uh, family business. It's amazing too because i mean things were so much different you know 40 years ago people hadn't seen everything like they have now and you know and, and now of course we know we're talking about show business and we just kind of take old angles and refurbish them and but these angles that we're talking about people were buying them 1000 percent, and that's why you're able to go to texas stadium and sell so many tickets it was a different world back then. well like we said chris it's uh these are young guys that are hungry and they saw it was their opportunity, mm -hmm. and they wanted to strike the iron when it was hot. And we were hot in Texas for a long time. And so the young guys that came down there were ready to fight, and it made a, a great show. And it made a great TV. You know, I'll always be that, that way. And my sons, too. And my, my dad had a reputation of being stiff. But uh, when you lay them in, you might come home marked up a little bit, but you feel good. You, you worked hard. Mm -hmm. the the mat, you had a great match, and it's uh, we're paid well. Let's earn it, you know. And not the, yeah. to break anybody's bones or in, or or you know three places we don't hit, you know. But uh, yeah. but to to be <laughs> snug and works and work a solid way and uh, loving the business. Yeah, I, I always say, don't break my nose, don't knock off my teeth. Other than that, hit me as hard as you want. Yeah. I don't yeah, care. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when you guys were in Japan, uh, Marshall and Ross, were you training in the in the All Japan Dojo? Were you living there? Yeah, we lived in the uh, Pro Wrestling Noah Dojo. And Don't so, know, sorry. Yeah, yeah, we 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 lived over there, and um, we went to, a, to Harley Race's uh, school, his academy in uh, in Missouri, and uh, there was some Pro Wrestling Noah scouts there. Ru Nagata and um, Ken, I forget Ken's last name, but yeah, they, they, he came up to me and asked, uh, he said, you look like Fritz Von Erich. And I was like, oh yeah, it's my grandfather. 
and he popped. And then um, I tell, I was like, this is my brother, Ross. And he's like, you have brother, you're Von Erichs. And so the, the Academy was a tournament to see who got, who got to go to Japan. And that was when I realized like, man, we're, we're blessed to be Von Erichs because uh, we were in the beginners class and we got, and inv- we got invited. And I don't know if it started, I was hoping I was like, man, I don't want this to start heat with the boys, the guys that are really trying to get to Japan. And we realized what a, you know, a big deal that was. And we really didn't know what we were agreeing to, you know, we're just like, yeah, we, I was doing discus and I was planning on going to college for discus and Ross was going to play college football. And so we were just kind of, you know, seeing where it was going to go. And then we, yeah, we went over there and it, it was a total, you know, culture mm-hmm. shock and a different lifestyle, but being in Hawaii, it was only a seven hour flight. So that wasn't that right. bad, but we got submerged into it and, you know, we loved it. We were there for pretty much all of 2012 and 13. Um, we spent more time in Japan than, than we did America. Yeah. Chris, I'll have to say that a lot of that was me. I arranged uh, for them this thing, not necessarily. <laughs> I knew that it would be tough, the toughest thing they ever did. And I thought it would either discourage them for the business or it would give them a great base, a great start. Cause you know, that's, grueling over there for those young boys sure it is yeah it is but i also my number one reason to send them over into that hell hole <laughs> was to i wanted them to be close <laughs> i, I wanted bad. them to be close and i knew what it was going to be like because i've made a lot of enemies over there i've had a lot of guys in the ring with from my past and i knew it could be rough but it would either discourage them or make them really close and i think it did that because they needed each other on those trips. Did you guys spend a lot of time in Japan, the, the Von Erich brothers? David was there, but did you go over quite a bit with Carrie as well? Had five trips a year for about four years. Yeah, quite a bit. Th- between three and five week tours. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Let's discuss briefly um, just how huge it was to be the NWA champion in the early and mid 80s. And of course, Kerry had that famous match with Flair where he won the title, the NWA title. I mean, that that was a pretty big moment in pro wrestling history. Looking back on that, Kevin, how did you feel about Kerry getting that chance? And, and do you think it was a good thing for him? Did it maybe push him over the edge or 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 because or, you hear so much about the legend of Kerry Von Erich? Uh, yeah, Kerry had gotten into the drugs by then and uh my dad didn't know and i was lousy at spotting it but i could tell something was off too i was you know i was worried about dave when he went because dave was really sick but when kerry went over to japan i had such a bad feeling you know because he was really getting sloppy with the stuff he was doing and i couldn't talk to him like i always had and so yeah that was a dark time for Kerry, even though it was something he always wanted. Mm. It was just an uphill fight for him trying to take drugs and, and, uh, and do well. Yeah. You know, it, it's, it's interesting talking about it now and you think, well, how could that possibly happen? But, but in the eighties, it was the culture. It, 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 there's so many rock and roll bands uh, and actors and other wrestlers that went through the same thing. It just, everything was so much more accepted and readily available at that time frame, if you had if you had some sort of fame and notoriety, yeah. is that correct? It sure was, and you know, 
you got to realize somebody aims a TV camera at you and makes you bigger than life. You got to be careful not to believe that stuff. You're just you're you're right. just a man, you know. But everyone wants to be your friend. You can have anything. You can have you just and just wanting it, and someone will find out and give it to you. It's like amazing, but it's mm. uh it's not realistic, and it's not the world really is. And when it stops, it stops. But it's a shame. It can either, it can destroy you or it can uh, make you stronger. I mean, mm. you, you look at look at life a certain way. Be in control. A man should always be in control. And so, uh, you know, dangerous life to have anything and, and just say what you want. But uh, but a day comes, you grow up and you outgrow that, and you just look at it like a business, like I did. I just wanted to ch- because I thought sure. was buying commercial and residential real estate throughout all that and so i had a little something else to go to and carrie didn't have that you know i had my family mm-hmm. a loving family where my sons were these super soldiers that i prayed for and uh beautiful daughters and now i've got 12 grandchildren and your own know, life is great now <laughs> it's so great i'm laughing every day <laughs> he is so so Guys, we're hearing what your dad's saying about how things were. And obviously now the culture has changed in, in wrestling now to where even for me, I started in 1990 and here we are in 2023 and I can remember how it was and then how it is where, and this is not a cut down. It's, it's, it's before it was pills and booze and now it's video games and, you know, Uber <laughs> eats. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? So like, I, I, is that, did you guys take kind of some of your family uh, history and lineage as a warning? Did you learn from it? Did it, did it make a difference? 100%, man. One, one, yeah, yeah. We, we have a, uh, we had a healthy fear just of anything that, that changes your, your, you being like my dad said, you you know, being in control. My dad has always told us when we were kids, you got two dogs in you, which one do you feed more, you know? And there's, you know, he's got the pretty much good and evil. And he, he was totally a different dad than a lot of my friends would, would have, would have had, you know, we wouldn't, if we got in fights at school or something like that, he would work like he was mad at us in front of the teachers. <laughs> give and, us the office while we're in the, in the, yeah, the give us the Iggy on the wrist. <laughs> yeah, and he, then, he, he even had me memorize a speech for every time I got in a fight in school, I embarrassed myself, my, my classmates and most important, yeah, myself. Yeah. I think, I think the statue limitations has run out. So you're like, <laughs> if anybody from the principal's watching, apologies. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> But yeah, he 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 would he would give us the the rundown, and then you know after he would always talk to us like, did you feel wrong in your gut before you did it? And we and it made it to where we couldn't lie to him because he we we were at such this uh, this open monologue all that we'd always talk we'd always talk with each other. My dad has always been the easiest person for me to talk to, and I run everything by him like yeah yeah like everything, and and so. Yeah, the I, I, we've explained to him how that locker rooms are just different because he would tell us stories and we'd hear, you know, dudes are shooting roids in the locker room or they're they're snorting lines, all that stuff. And it's weird. It's like back in the the day, it seemed like the they would find these guys from like tough guys at a bar or mm-hmm. a, a marine or these NFL players, and then you got guys now that have just lived and breathed and studied wrestling that were genuine wrestling fans. And so it's uh, it's just a totally different in environment. It's a totally different environment. So that's one th- thing we were we've we've been a, a kind of a, I guess adjusted to. But my dad still we we use his counsel for 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 everything. And he's he's you know just sitting down with him. He's he'll spit out one liners that you'll never forget. You know, it's 
it's just how it's just how he is. <laughs> As we start to wind down here, so Kerry ends up in the WWF in the early '90s, Texas Tornado. I loved him. I thought he was great. Was there ever any talks for you, uh, Kevin, to go to WWE? Or WWF at the time? No, uh, I did go up and have like a few matches for him a little bit, but I really didn't want to, Chris. I, I was, uh, because to me, the business is all about making money. And is, and uh, I wanted to weigh on the other hand, being a father, you know, to mm-hmm. have my kids grow up and me not be there was just not acceptable. I wanted to right. not do that. And so that's why I didn't go with, really want to go with WWE because it was every day and I'd and I'd kind of been through that and I'd gotten to a, a point where I could work four or five nights a week and at least and take my family with me sometimes Other, mm-hmm. otherwise it would have been a grind that I wasn't ready to put out there I wouldn't have bad my heart in it and I wanted people to see that I had fun in the ring and once I didn't have fun there then I wanted I knew it would show and so that's when I retired I got out. What was the story behind Israel being so so popular for for world class? Any idea? Well, I got a letter from a little Palestinian girl one time, and you know, Chris, I am a Christian, and uh, uh, I know what how valuable Israel is. God mentions Israel over and over in the Bible, mm-hmm. and so I the fact that I had fans over there, then I, I was just I was uh, so impressed. I went over there. And when I did that, Pam wrote her a letter back, and uh, the little girl copied it and sent it all over Israel. And by the time I got there, it was incredible. I've never seen crowds like that. It was just Man. beautiful. And uh, and actually, uh, over there, the, I met the president when I went the first time in 85, and his name was um, Herzog. And he was like... Anyway, I know I could go. I could go crazy. It sounds like I'm bragging, but it was just uh, the only time they could depend on having a ceasefire. Wow! That's, yeah, he said that. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> man, <laughs> the power of pro wrestling, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you guys would cool. take your tapes every week and send them over to Israel. Then Israel would show those tapes on their television. No, no, it was uh, no, it was uh, in Nicosia, Cyprus. It was uh, the Middle East TV. Now it's called Middle East TV, but it was uh, hmm. it was run by CBN, and uh, they they wanted to use wrestling as a lead-in for their Christian broadcast. You know, because hmm. and so that, that's so that's how where it all started on uh, CBN, but it was on Middle East TV. Did you guys ever go do any shows over there with yeah. one class? Yeah, we yeah. went a few times. And uh, in fact, it was so volatile that when when we went, we had to cancel one of our shows up on the Lebanese border, and they blew the tower up. They, they you know, they they blew the tower up, and and even a guy got shot down there. When well, later on, that was another time. Yeah, I went with Chris Adams and uh, the Samoans, and we all went up there with Andre and Kamala to Lebanon, but. It was a weird deal. I mean, uh, our tickets were stamped Damascus, Syria, and lo and behold, we land in Beirut, Jeez. and we were there for like uh, crazy twenty-two, right? yeah, twenty-two yeah, hours not- with guns on us too. Wow! But the Lebanese soldiers that were there, and then the Syrian soldiers were all huge fans, and so they they <laughs> treated me great. They they t- took me out and uh, gave me kibbe, and I ate real good. Came back and. <laughs> they were treating the other boys like crap, though. I felt bad about that. But. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, 
So, uh, Ross and Marshall, you mentioned now you guys have just moved back from Hawaii. Uh, probably not the easiest place to live when you're trying to be, you know, an independent wrestler and, and go around. So now that you're back in Texas, what's your kind of overall plan for for the career of the Von Ericks? And we're just uh, we're open to anything. Where we kind of just had an agreement where we're just going to give it everything we got, you know, for a, you know, a period of time and just see where, what doors open. And, uh, that's kind of where we're at right now. We're just, uh, we're, we're excited though. We're glad to be here and we've, you know, gotten, uh, you know, recently a whole lot of bookings and stuff. So we're it's excited. It's just easier for us now. And yeah. since we've been here, we started a, a family wedding business. Uh, we're on the, we're, we're, uh, we're down in uh, North of San Antonio in uh, Bernie, Texas. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's a, got a property that, you know, we can have these wedding vent or weddings and just events in general. But, um, we, we kind of came down here just with our MLW contracts were, uh, were up June 1st. And so we decided, Hey, let's go down there and just, just let's go down to Texas where we know, um, we know Texas is, is, is always good and hot. And so we, we, we can, we'll, we'll go, let's go see what happens. And we, we both, we both feel, um, as like a good sense of pressure. We want, we want the Von Eric, the Von Eric name to be a, a household name once again. And um, a lot of the stuff, it, it was, it was like, again, kind of like confirmation. We, we, we came out here with, uh, with not really sure what, what we were going to, what, what we, what we were going to do, but then we got contacted by um, a, a bigger promotions. And so we're like, okay, let, let, let's see what happens in the movie. These things that are, that are out of our control, it feels like it's picking up and snowballing. And so we just want to, like my dad was saying, strike while the iron's hot and, and try to, you know, you, use, use this as best we can to, to get as far as we can. Yeah. And also my dad, who's, he's, you know, always been a huge supporter of us and believed in us and the whole time. And really just to make our, our dad proud and, you know, who we can just say, you know, you're right. You know, we, he said we'd be something one day and uh, if we can just prove him right, you know, maybe, show up with some belts one day and just just there you go you know i i don't know i, I just want people to i know I, I just i want to protect his, his legacy and everything he he did and we want to oh, add to it really, <laughs> <laughs> yes, last few things kevin i can only think of samoans and kevin von eric uh of wrestlers that that, that wrestle with bare feet on uh, with no with no boots on with bare feet how did that start for you because it was always your trademark, the barefoot yeah. on Eric. <laughs> well, there are a lot of stories out there, but the truth is that, you know, I had those knee surgeries, uh, so many knee surgeries before I even started wrestling, you know, in football. And your boots, you know, they soak sweat, the socks, the leather boots, you know, they get heavy. And I took them off one mm -hmm. time, you know, I went to a spot show and wrestled barefoot. And Kerry used to do it too. And we loved it mm -hmm. because you feel like you can fly without taking that that weight off your feet man it's just a great feeling now marshall you do that too now right heck yeah man it's i i now i can't wrestle with shoes on and it's 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 a shoot we've always been barefoot our whole lives yeah, my feet do, yeah. yeah his feet are just as gross as mine we have nasty feet just because they look like hooves but yeah it's our whole life we've been walking around barefoot everywhere and so it's just kind of natural. It's it's it, it feels more natural for me. But Ross, you wear boots though. I do, just because you know he already stole the barefoot gimmick. So <laughs> yeah. his feet are actually nastier than mine too. I'd cover them up too. <laughs> yeah. 
I got two final questions for you. I'll start with you guys, uh, Von Eric Sons. What's your favorite match that you've ever had? Well, mine would be the Briscoe Brothers uh, oh, wow. for Ric Flair's retirement show. We got to wrestle them, and that was by far my favorite. And meeting two brothers that were, you know, just as close was, was super, super cool. And just the kind of guys they were in general. Yeah, and, and I'm, I'm going to have to agree just because we ended up getting to the show like 15 minutes before we were supposed to be on. Mm. You know, they, they had – like our flight was so delayed, they kept having to move our match back. It ended up being like the co-main yeah, event, yeah, something like that. Like two matches before Rick went on, and um, <laughs> and so we just we only had a few words spoken before, and it was just like, you know, we we had a bunch of uncertainty, like, uh, you know, how's this going to go? But we're just, you know, they're professionals, and you know, we made it work, and it was it was awesome. They they just had so much chemistry, and we. Could, you know, working together with them was, man, I'm never going to forget it. That's the old school brother trick. If you're going to be late, you just wait so long that they go from being mad that you're late to happy that you actually showed up. <laughs> That's how you do it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Kevin, Kevin, is there a match for you that stands out as one of your favorites that you ever had? Oh, man. All those years. Uh, it's funny how, you know, you have so many matches, you don't remember any of them unless you see it on TV. <laughs> yeah. You see it on TV. That's true. It comes back. But I mean, like uh, Ted DiBiase, uh, had, he was, I love to work with him. And uh, uh, Billy Robinson overseas uh, hmm. was a great man and uh, and always had good matches with him. But uh, so many guys, uh, Gino was a real artist, you know, and he was a, a joy to work with. And and then so many good champions. You know, I wrestled all the champions, uh, Rick and mm -hmm. Rick Flair and, and Harley Race and Jack Briscoe and Dory and Terry Funk, both during their times too. So those are yeah. five good champions there. Just geniuses there. Last question. What was your favorite scene in the movie, uh, Marshall and Ross of the Iron Claw? Man, well, yeah, I think it's the most, uh, the most like powerful was that definitely that scene with the, in heaven. with Michael Carey in heaven. But um, I'm going to I'm gonna go ahead and say it was like, it was like the beginning shine, I guess you would call, when it's got a uh, rush playing and it's just <laughs> highlight video, whooping ass, you know, all that. It was like, how can you not love that? And they, they actually good use good music. I, I was pumped about that. This is like it's, it's fitting, fitting 80s music. And so yeah, that, that was cool. It made you really feel... You feel yeah. like you're, you're, you're going back in time and stuff. Well, Tom Sawyer by Rush was Carrie's uh, interest. That's music, right. Modern day warrior, Carrie Von Eric. And that's the first lyric of the song too, right? Yeah, I know. That song still gets us going. Yeah. yeah. And Kevin, what's your favorite memory of your brothers? Is there something that stands out for you at Thanksgiving dinner or just hanging out with your brothers back when oh, you were yeah. kids? Or, I'm sure you miss them so much. Oh, man, Chris. Uh, I can tell you one of my favorites is we, we were in the Gulf of Mexico and – uh no, I'm sorry. I mean, it was in Hawaii. We were all over a mm -hmm. reef, and we uh, we'd go down with our spear guns, and and we just hooked all of our BCs together, you know, and didn't let the current float away, and we just enjoyed the day, you know. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was just so good to just drop down and dive and come back up. You had to leave some stuff out. Yeah, yeah it, was, it was great. <laughs> you had to leave some stuff out, the boys. Yeah. 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 That's cleaned up a little. Theater of the imagination. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, guys, listen, it was a pleasure and an honor to meet you guys, and uh, it was great to be able to talk to you, and, and like I said, I look forward to, to seeing you again and exchanging more stories, but what a what a great movie and a, a great family you, you have, and the lineage continues with Marshall and Ross, and uh, Kevin, you're a legend, man. Thank you for doing this today. Well, thank you for inviting us, Chris. I had a great time, and 
Call me anytime, buddy. All right, cool. Yeah, I appreciate Thank it. Thank you. Thanks, fellas. Like that was you. awesome.